stroke our egos stroke our egos stroke our dicks and we will stroke (laughs) yours back okay i'm gonna go i'm going down on you guys i will go down on you guys if you fucking (laughs) oh my god Welcome back to another episode of Whiskey and and Water, bitch. Hell yeah, brother. Back at it again. Back at it, motherfucking again with a very interesting, crazy, mind-blowing. Honestly, mind-blowing episode. Like, I haven't learned... Buckle the fuck up. Buckle the fuck up, brothers. We are taking you for a wild ride. A wild, dreamy ride like I, I just so much that she said I'm just like w- literally what the fuck and I also have never like met someone so knowledgeable on a specific subject yes wow. and with that being said her name is Allison she is your sleep and dream friend or advocate um she doesn't like to call herself an expert she's humble I say expert are you kidding she me is. like really wow um, but she um she's super amazing I actually found her via, um, I was watching Netflix one night and I was watching that series called Explained. Which is so good, um, by the way, if you haven't, if you haven't dabbled, very good. Pro tip. That's a great thing to watch. Um, and she, we, I was, I was watching this episode about dreams and like dreaming because uh, y'all already know my issues with with the dream world. Um, and I saw she's got got a bone to pick with the dream world. the dream world. (laughs) um it's truly and um so regardless she had like this little segment where she talked about um just dreams and i found it super interesting so i looked her up on instagram found her fucking instagram reached out we did the damn thing secured the bag the episode's here brothers you know we make it happen for you guys we're out here hustling. Always, we're out here finding always. people on Netflix, reaching out to them, and having them on the podcast. We're out here putting food on the table, brothers, okay? <laughs> Bringing home the bacon. Um, no, but I, in all seriousness, such an interesting episode. I think you guys are going to love it. We talk all about dreaming, the different phases of dreaming. We talk about Jess's nightmares, nightmares in general. We talk about sleep talking and what that's all about, and um, lucid dreaming and how you can get started lucid dreaming and how it's kind of this like process and not something you can just like snap your fingers and start tonight but very very interesting and we mm-hmm. learned a lot so i can't yeah. wait for you guys to hear this one uh before before we get into that mm, little squirt squirt ketchup time <laughs> <laughs> squirt squirt <babe. laughs> um, yeah, okay, what's, what's good what's good shawty what's new you you mean you guys heard it last week I have not cleaned my apartment because I'm ready to fucking move. And I'm just like, I'm going to have to clean it when I leave anyway. So I'm, I'm living in filth right now. I see that. I'm looking behind you. I'm like, Oh, okay. It's dirty in there. I did. I am selling off my furniture pieces one by one. Someone came and picked up my beloved vintage striped couch today. Which which, if you guys are OGs, you know, that was the couch in the background for all of our in-person episodes it was there so for, for 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 some of them not all of them but we we parted ways and although I thrifted that bitch for ten dollars I did make I did make a 
cute little buck on that. Sorry, there's a fucking fly around my head. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not making hand motions. I'm swatting a fucking fly out. I'm yeah, living in know. filth. I'm living in filth. It's uh, fine. Everything's fine. I'm fine. Um, so it's bittersweet, but you know, we're parting ways with with furniture. Yeah. On to new beginnings. Yeah, you know, some thing. doors got to close. You got to sell some things for other doors to open and buy more things. There you go. There you go. And then other than that, I um, I did my first modeling job yesterday. There one, since like quarantine, like I haven't mm-hmm. shot anything, you know, for like a brand or whatever. And then second, this was my first booking, like with my hair short. So oh, big bet. I didn't even think about that. I know it was so cool. I was like, I wasn't even thinking about it. And I was like, damn, this is the first time I'm like actually shooting. Uh, and it was, yeah. it was really fun. I mean, it was a long ass day. It was literally a 16 hour day music video shoot. Oh. You, you know how those things go. The worst. Um, but you know, security bag and the music video comes out this friday so it would have come out the past friday so guys check that bitch out j balvin i'm out here oh, i didn't know it was j balvin dude you're yes. all you're all with the spanish poppies the poppies love me i don't they know love what, you. I don't know what to say they just they love wait me. okay side note the spanish poppy music video that i was in remember how i had like 60 million views on youtube what are we at now brother i checked yesterday the bitch is at 102 million views on YouTube. Guys, if you haven't seen that masterpiece, please go check it out. Please because don't. Please Olivia don't. is dancing like a graceful please. little gazelle. Giselle. <laughs> Giselle. Guzzle. Not Giselle. Guzzle. A little guzzle. She's just graceful little guzzle. She's just guzzling dick. <laughs> Okay, okay, we're on one today. I'm so sorry. Oh my god. Um. Anyways, yeah, don't so, look it up. Um. Who who's the who's the artist? Because I really want them to see that. It's like Tonto. It's this Tonto. artist, this duo called Jesse Joy, but Louis Fonzie mm-hmm. is in it, and I think that's why it has so many views. Yeah. Um. Regardless. Anyways, good. Regardless. I'm glad. I'm glad the poppies love you, and I'm glad you are collecting your check. Mm-hmm. So- and it was actually disclaimer like everyone that was on set got tested for covid um i know that i told you guys last week about my experience with it um so i was like a little nervous because i haven't gotten tested again but they tested me and my test came back negative um and it showed that i had the antibodies so we were all safe everyone was wearing masks safe process you love to see it good to go rowdy um also, side note, before we continue, gotta say, brothers, our silent listeners, y'all came out of your caves this week. You love to see it. You love to see it. Guys, not, nothing so makes amazing. us happier. Oh my God. We literally are crying in the club getting these messages. Like, it's- we are that <laughs> crying emoji, that like tearful, well, welly eyed emoji. Like, that is us every time a silent listener reaches out. And we started following people back. We started like mm-hmm. following you guys mm-hmm. back and lurking you and commenting on stuff. And this was such a great idea. Don't know why we didn't do it sooner. Facts. But if you are one of those people and you still haven't had the balls to reach out, literally, you don't have to send us a paragraph. Like, you all like send paragraphs, which are like, I love. I'm not going to tell you not to. But it doesn't have to be that send a heart send a hello just show us you're there and we will follow you back and show Mm -hmm. you love and all that good stuff but thank you guys so much for those of you who did reach out yes we love you to the moon and back yes and it's like what's your catch-up sorry what were you gonna say 
Oh, no, I was just saying just how much I love it and just how validating it is for us to like just keep this going and like, you know, know that we're making a difference in people's lives. Like sometimes we really got to hear that, guys. And it just it means the world to us. Yeah, I mean, we're human and not to drag this on too much, but, you know, we've 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 divulged into this, but like we're human and we doubt ourselves. And yeah just getting those messages was so refreshing and so inspiring. So we're yeah, here. You guys are like juice. Like my bar will be like d- down here and I get one of those messages and I'm like, do, 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 do. like you guys just like juice us up. Um, okay. I have exciting news after literally years and especially the last few months of very heavy contemplation. I have finally pulled the trigger. I bought a good camera and I am starting a YouTube channel. Guys, I'm so excited about this. Hell yeah, um, brother. I'm, I'm kind of nervous, but I'm really like trying to stay positive and stay excited. I really like the last time I was this excited about a project was the podcast, which was last year. Mm-hmm. So it feels good to get some creative juices going and like, Ugh, you know, just make so it refreshing moves. to be it like is. excited it about is. something. And also that that feeling of like fear too. I haven't felt that mm-hmm. in a while. So I'm like kind of just welcoming that and just embracing it because it's kind of fun. But yeah, keep an eye out for that. I filmed my intro video, went really good. I'm like having a little animated intro graphic made on fire. Yay! Oh my gosh. That's so exciting. I know. Um, I'm excited. So it's going to be interesting. And uh, it's going to be a learning curve. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to have another platform and another creative outlet. So keep an eye out for that. We're about to be on your fucking, in your ears, on your eyes on Instagram, in your fucking face on YouTube. Fucking everywhere. You guys are just going to know that, I mean, as if you don't already know the ins right? and outs of our lives, but now you get to watch it. I know. I'm literally, I'm explaining in the intro video, I'm like, why I was hesitant. And I'm like, I, I already have told my deepest, darkest fucking secrets on my podcast. Like, why yeah. would I not, yeah. like, put myself out there on YouTube too? So, Facts. So that's that. Let's get into our app of the motherfucking week. <laughs> app of the week, bitch. Okay. Give it to them. This is actually one that Olivia and I both like. It's it's a game changer. It's spe- oh, just go, just get, give yes. it to this. Honestly, give this is a pro tip. If you like fire pictures, if you take any, I mean, nowadays people's normal Instagrams look fire too. So like, even yeah. if you're not an influencer, this app will apply to you. It's called, oh, what the fuck is it called? Touch Retouch. So I don't know if you can find it via touch retouch because on my phone, all it says is retouch. Retouch. Yeah. I think it used to be touch retouch. Mm -hmm. Now it's just retouch. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to find because like you look up retouch and like a million apps come up. I think it might be like $1.99. I think it might be money, something like that. But But guys, it's worth it. It's worth it. So essentially, let's say you take, you know, a fucking thirst trap on the beach. You're sitting Mm -hmm. there titties out ass out you love to Mm -hmm. see it however jack and jill in the fucking background are ruining your photo listen on touch retouch you can photoshop jack and jill out so easily on touch retouch you're on a private motherfucking beach okay you might as well be in turks and fucking caicos private beach bitch 
if you, those of you listening, Olivia is showing <laughs> us her private beach where Jack and Jill were removed. It, yeah. So basically, you can, it just makes it super. It's like a, it's like Photoshop, but just like a such an easier version. You can like get rid of lines and telephone lines and poles. I mean, almost every picture. I, you, it's nice to just clean up things, mm-hmm. but I've taken so much shit out of my pictures. It's wild. So I could, yeah, that's- I could probably with my level of skill on touch retouch now, I could probably build a fucking skyscraper behind me. It's oh, crazy. dude. I mean, I took out, like, I had I had to take a picture of the mirror from my bedroom for um, freaking Urban Outfitters. And remember I sent you, I was like, do you have anything that could do this? I literally zoomed into the picture and took my sweet-ass time and erased the entire border on mm-hmm. the photo so I could post it. And that shit yep. looks fire. You would never know if I didn't just tell you. Mm-hmm. And so guys, is- to reiterate, this is not a fucking ad. We I wish it was. It was. But We're just yeah, out that's here a little- free advertising. Yep. It is what it is. It's a trick of the trade. Now you guys know you're welcome. Okay, next up we have, what do we have? Uh, oh, Amazon, Amazon must purchase. Have. Amazon must have. Okay, let's get into it. What was it I was doing again? <laughs> What the fuck was I going to talk about? Oh, you were doing the fridge, the fridge organizers. <laughs> oh, yes, guys. Okay. This isn't something that I have done yet. However, you know, saw it on TikTok. Going to share the info. Plan on doing it. So I don't know about you guys, but if I... So I'll buy a bunch of fucking groceries and be like, yes, going to eat yes. healthy. Going to eat Health. these. Gonna Going to make juices out of this shit and like do all this healthy shit. This week is the week I change. It's never the week I change because I never, so I'll put the veggies in those, like, you know, in the pullout drawers where you're supposed Mm -hmm. to put veggies, but dude, Mm -hmm. like I put so much shit in there that I I can't see any of it. And if I do not see, and my boyfriend brought this to my attention because, oh my God, I, he went through my freezer because he was like, why can't I fit anything in your freezer? Dude, he went through, he found literally six bags of the same Guardian chicken nuggets because, because you thought you didn't have any because I thought I didn't have any Classic. and it just turns Classic. out I keep putting them where I can't see them so regardless moving on fridge organizers they're I mean I don't even know if they're fridge organizers they're just like you know plastic organizers that you put in the mm-hmm. fridge and you know you kind of like stack things up so that you can see things more clearly and therefore eat all your food your food's not going bad like you're not wasting does. money yeah dude it's really bad so much of like I feel so terrible every week that I'm throwing away like chicken breasts and strawberries. That and blueberries. is my, I, that I hate that. There's nothing I hate more than wasting food. Like, I, oh, I God. hate it. I hate it. So, you hate to see it. So if you're like me and you're a piece of shit who lets food go to waste, even though there's starving children, then this will help you. Just look, I don't know. I don't know what you're looking up here. I guess you're looking up like plastic organizers, look up fridge organizers. I'm sure something will come up. <laughs> I don't know. All right. That wraps it up, guys. Uh, we we know you're going to love this episode. Please, if you're listening, hit that subscribe button. If you're not already subscribed, guys, follow us on Instagram. Interact with us on Instagram. Um, post us on your story. Tag us. Show us stroke our egos. Sh- stroke our egos. Stroke our dicks. And we will stroke yours <laughs> back. Okay. I'm going to go. I'm going down on you guys. I will go down on you guys if you fucking. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Uh, don't tell my boyfriend. I said, let's get let's get into the episode. We hope enjoy, you guys, guys enjoy. Love you. All right, guys, we are on with Allison, our sleep and dream friend. Allison, how are you today? 
I'm super great. It's so great to be here with both of you today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on. We're so excited <laughs> to have this conversation. Great. Yay. Jess, Jess has selfishly been wanting to have like a dream and sleep expert on for this like past entire Yay. year. So <laughs> I know she's super stoked to have this conversation. Um, okay. Just to get started, I guess, go ahead and introduce yourself uh, to our audience and tell yeah. them all about yourself and what you do. Yeah. Hi, everyone. My name is Allison McCarthy. I'm the creator of The Sleeping Third, which is a um, platform on Instagram for the most part for the Glossbell website component where I really advocate for sleep health and wellness, as well as encourage um, my audience and the rest of the world for that matter to have a relationship with their dreaming selves uh, and to practice lucid dreaming techniques and things in order to sort of really grow as a person and explore the wild world of dreams as which we all have experiences with. But um, my intent, of course, and my ambition is to uh, really help people uh, love their dreams and learn from their dreams, even their nightmares, um, so that you can have a, a more fulfilling and interesting life, actually. <laughs> so that's me. That's what I do. Incredible. So cool. And how, I'm so curious as to like how you even got into this. Yeah. yeah. Like when you took this, the next step with dreaming. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really great question because, you know, if you think about life, there's, there's very few things that a hundred percent of us do, right. That all of us do. We all sleep. Right. We all eat, we all use the restroom, we all do like a small set of things that is 100% um, universal and dreaming is one of them, but it's the one thing that is so mysterious to all of us still, which is crazy if you think about sort of like the longevity of, of humanity, if you right. will. Um, and a lot, a lot of cultures and, um, and throughout history have studied and looked at dreaming in different ways, um, but no one's really kind of cracked the code. If there isn't even a code, we don't, we don't even know necessarily mm -hmm. um, uh, sort of what our dreaming mind is really capable of. So I was always really interested in this sort of magical place that is dreams. Like what, what, mm -hmm. why? Why? What? How? Where? What is this? Where do we go? Who are we? Etc. And um, so when I was a kid, and most dreamers you'll find who are interested in lucid dreaming and are practicing it more formally, um, have had an experience when they were a child of spontaneous lucidity, right? They had a dream where they had the aha moment, oh my gosh, I am dreaming as a kid. And so I also have that experience. I actually don't remember the details. Honestly, a lot of people will be like, I had this dream and I knew it. I was fighting a dragon and this, that, and the other. I don't remember what it was, but I do remember what I was left with, which is this emotional excitement that is, what was that? I'm interested. And so that triggered this sort of curiosity from an early, early age. Uh, throughout my life, I had always tried to keep a dream journal and just played with it really informally, you know, as m most of us do, you know, you'll have mm -hmm. a dream and you'll like, wow, that was crazy. I have to like write a screenplay or something. You're like, oh, the most creative genius ever in that one dream. And that just kept <laughs> happening to me over and over again. I was like, I want to really try. And I would say from a teenager, through college, through my adult life and various um, fits and starts. I tried to journal my dreams and I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but a lot of people that I work with have, um, where as soon as you start trying to write things down, you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to remember you, you just forget more than you ever did when you're not. And there's just like a frustrating <laughs> cycle of like, wait a minute, I'm intending now, but nothing's happening and I'm angry. 
And so there was a time period where I kept all these little notebooks by my bed all throughout this, this journey um, from, from childhood, teenage years to adulthood, and just never was able to get it off the ground. Um, and I hadn't known, honestly, that there was a practice, right? I was just like, oh, I'm just doing this, you know, whatever. Um, I had some books, and but I was like, oh, it's just, you know, whatever. You know, kind of really treated it like a small thing in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that was kind of the journey of just always curious, always had really interesting sort of narrative focused storytelling type of dreams. Um, a lot of crazy, um, nightmares and dark dreams. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like I look like this, but I have dark dreams. Maybe that means that I could like have a career in horror and not everyone be surprised by it, which I was really enticed with for a while. I don't know why it's sort of like, you know, like happy looking person really interested in like Stephen King style you least expect it exactly I thought that would be a fun sort of twist on my life um I never actually did that but who knows <laughs> um yeah I, I mean I'm babbling on for a little while about that journey but I uh, about two and a half years ago I would say that I really got serious about it I just I don't know something clicked it was a lifelong mm-hmm. thing and I was like I have to something something is here and I need to, I need to right. explore it. yeah I felt called to it again you know, for the umpteenth time. And I was like, no, let's make it real. Let's study, let's learn, let's engage with some of the prominent voices in the, in the industry, if you even can call it an industry rather. Um, and, and really started cultivating a practice that I then developed and and made my own. So that's a very long journey to describe a very long journey. Yeah, I so mean, it's it. it's so cool how it was like kind of innate for you. Like it's yeah. been a curiosity, it's been a source of curiosity for you since childhood. Mm-hmm. And Jess and I always something we always say on the show is like, you know, listen to those whispers. Like sometimes yeah. throughout life, you'll get you'll receive these whispers, and it's like you finally just were like, okay, let me dive in Let's and just it. like deep dive into this. So freaking cool. I love that. I love this, like, listen to the whispers. I'm, you know, I think anyone that works in dream and sleep, for that matter, really tries to engage with the intuitive side of themselves. Um, And, you know, I I think intuition is something that is so, you know, un- Un- misunderstood rather of like what you know what is this innate knowing and and I fe- I do feel like sort of that whisper of the sort of internal self coming out throughout my life um and you know as I'm growing and learning as a person and personal development is so huge like it's really important for me to listen to those intuitive whispers I love that um and that was really the impetus to start this formally um several years ago yeah which is awesome I love I love the so whisper. cool <laughs> So I'm curious, you mentioned that you, um, that you're working with some people now. What is a, what does a day look like for you? Like, <laughs> and what, what is the kind of like work that you do and, and how do you work with people on that? Yeah. Yeah. So I, so I have a, I like to call it a day job and a night job. So I, I work in marketing generally speaking. So I do have like a regular full-time job that I, that I'm engaged with, with most days, but I do think your, your question is really fascinating from like a, what does a day of a dreamer look like regardless of what I do for a living? Um, yeah. uh, uh, because, the, because I, uh, there, there are techniques and practices in, in the dreaming space that people are engaged with on a day-to-day basis in order to have a consistent sort of dream practice. Like there are things that you need to engage yourself within a day in the scope of a day and a night in order to have more dreams in order to remember more dreams and then of course to sort of induce lucid dreaming so lucid dreaming is um, this 
the notion of you being aware that you're dreaming um, while you're dreaming. So, so that's sort of like the ultimate goal of a dreaming practice is to have these sort of aware dreams so that you can kind of influence in different ways. But we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that a bit later. Um, so, so I have I have a regular day job, which I do. Great, yay! Um, and then I have the dreaming job. Great, yay! Which is a combination of content pr- production, which is mostly my website and the Instagram channel, which the intent there is to sort of, I like to call it like snackable um, treats into the dreaming world because it's so, it can be very overwhelming for people to start to learn, you know, this whole space. It feels very like basic, but actually goes in a lots of different direction. And so I focus on sort of snacks on sleep wellness, as well as um, dream recall and techniques, as well as just the dreaming, you know, practices. So, so I do both of those things. And then I work on occasion. Um, I, I, I work with uh, a guy called Andrew Holacek, which has, he has a wonderful, um, he's one of the giants in this space and uh, his book, which I have here with me, which is called Dream Yoga is um, a fantastic little entryway into both Eastern traditions and Western traditions of lucid dreaming and dreaming in general, uh, because a lot of different cultures have different approaches to dreaming. And uh, he really brings on the Eastern Tibetan Buddhist approach to mm. dreaming. So I work with him a lot and um, with his workshops and um, with his community. Uh, I moderate his community and I, um, I support his workshops that he does annually. Unfortunately, this year is a little bit difficult, but we, you know, right. he does amazing week-long retreats in Arizona, um, which is oh, a phenomenal wow. place to just practice. That sounds dreams. amazing. Yeah. It's really, the environment is so inspiring and you're around all these wonderful people who are meditative and um, really focus on um, mindful awareness, both daytime and nighttime. So I, I really mm-hmm. love his work and I work with him quite a bit. Um, similarly, uh, I, I studied with this gal, um, her name is Dr. Kristen Lamarca and she studied under, uh, Stephen Laberge and he, Stephen Laberge, if you're not familiar with him, he, um, basically proved, uh, along with another guy uh, at this kind of the same time, but those two of them, um, so independently of one another, surprisingly had proven that lucid dreaming was a real phenomenon in a lab environment. Um, and they did all these tests for uh, the eye moving, sort of rapid eye movement um, within a dream space where they signaled um, like very specific codes with, with, with the eyes within a lab. And so he was, he was one of the, uh, you know, he's, almost kind of considered the father along with other people. Um, but he's kind of the most so well-known, cool. um, no, which is really amazing. So she studies with her. I study with him. I mean, she studies with him and I study with her. Uh-huh. And so that really, uh, was, um, foundational for me in terms of like the science and the deep sort of neurological aspects mm-hmm. of the dreaming mind. Um, so I it think gives you something to kind of grasp onto. Almost. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really based in research because if you think about dreaming in the dream, dreaming space, it can get very magical and, um, esoteric and it also can get, be really neurological and science driven. And I like to sort of sit in between them both because I think that, you know, ideas are, you know, there, there's yeah. lots, there's lots left to explore. So, yeah, and it's kind of a balance. It's a balance exactly. of both, really. Yeah, yeah, precisely. So that's those are the kind of things that I engage in, sort of like mm-hmm. daily on or you know often in the dream space. I mean, and then there's the you know the day the day in the life of which is like everything I'm doing day to day to sort of support those practices, which I can get into if you want. So <laughs> neat. It, it's so interesting because we are, you know, this podcast is kind of very uh, personal development based. Yeah. Um, and we like to focus a lot of content on it. But you know, we've never even explored the unconscious, like, part of that of like, it's like yeah. the personal development 
unconscious version of us like that is something yeah. we haven't even considered yeah. so it's just it's just wild you're like it's just something so new and unfamiliar to us it's very interesting yeah and at the same time it's like you know everyone dreams but you know not all of us use it as a tool and I right. feel like that's exactly what it what it can be so I'd love for you to kind of um go into how lucid dreaming has kind of improved your life or yeah why it's important to have better sleep or why we should pay more attention to, you know, the, the unconscious versions of ourselves, essentially. Yeah. Well, there's a lot in there. So I'll unpack, um, I'll unpack of the course, sleeping part first and yeah. bring me back if I go on all kinds of different directions here because I could talk you. ad nauseum about all of this. Um, but I'll first start with um, the question about sleep and why that's important, um, right. generally speaking, because I think that um, – regardless of a dreaming practice or a lucid dreaming practice or however you want to uh, characterize it, um, sleep is the the number one thing. So I find that, uh, you know, people that um, I speak with about this tend to believe that having a lucid dream practice or a dreaming practice means that they are in some way um, compromising the quality of their overall sleep, which is, which is actually not true. Well, it can be true if you are over, if you're out of balance and kind of over overworking yourself to like, I need to have a lucid dream and going crazy. Um, true. That's true. That's just kind of true of, of any practice. But um, mm-hmm. I'll start with the sleeping aspect, which is, uh, I, you know, I come from a, a really strong uh, point of view of sleeping is the number one priority you should be focused on for overall health and wellness. Mm. Um, so that means that generally- Say, say that again for the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> sleep is the number one thing you should be focusing on for overall health and wellness, period. And the girl loves her sleep. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the sleep is- a lot of people have this preconceived notion that sleep is like the body is shut down. That's not doing anything. You're, you're closed up shop and you're like, um, that's it. Time. yeah, yeah. And it's like, Oh, I don't need it. I sleep don't sleep when you're dead. Sleep when yeah. you're dead. The worst messaging <laughs> possible, especially She's like it's the living. bane of my existence. Oh, I hate it more than anything. And you know, we live in a culture and a society and this is true around the world of like, you know, Business, corporate, running around, climbing the ladder, blind yep. ambition, all the things. And it's just inundated all around. You're like, oh, I don't, I, I need, I, I don't have enough time. Oh, so on and so forth. That is that that message is constantly like churning in our in our in our purview, in our life, etc. And so I think the changing of the narrative on sleep being sort of precious and a gift is is something that I really feel strongly about um, shifting the corporate narrative of like, you need to be working 12 hour days or 18 yeah, hour days. Productivity over wellness. Over, you know, be, produ- be productive, be productive. And it's like, you actually um, are more productive with less time engaged in these activities. There's a lot of research about this. I'm not going to cite any of them, but you could just like look it up uh, for all your audience. You can just start Googling this of like science of the sleep and productivity actually increases when you're getting more sleep, when you're shutting your brain down from your, uh, from, so from consciousness, if you will, there's a lot of stuff happening outside of that, but your body's in full on recovery mode and sleep. Your brain is very active and it goes through several stages. I mean, there's, um, 
several stages in each sleep cycle, of which we have about five or six, depending on how long you're sleeping. But it's an active recovery stage for your body to repair, for you to um, really uh, commit memories and learnings to long, to your long-term memory stage so that you can, whatever you're practicing and learning, say you're a musician and you're playing the piano, you know, after playing the piano and then going to sleep and getting a full, really great night's sleep commits those new notes that you're learning mm-hmm. to memory. Um, and there's a lot of research on this as well. So it's really a place for you to say, okay, I'm going to go, everything I did today, everything I learned, everything I put forward, everything I that was me today that I want to continue to be me tomorrow really enhances itself and grows over sleep. Mm, it's like, so it's like marinating. It's like marinating precisely. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so you need, so you need sleep. You need to prioritize sleep. And in today's day and age with all our devices and all our things and all the lights and all the whatevers, mm-hmm. um, you have to be proactive about prioritizing sleep. And it's so right. hard. It's hard for me to do. Um, and I think about this every single day. Um, I, there's like one more email that I want to check or one more Instagram post that I want to look at. Um, uh, you know, and, and, and we have to train ourselves to sort of let that go earlier in the night, which yeah. means, um, which means turning off, uh, every device that you could possibly have on in the house, you know, at least 30 minutes, ideally an hour before you're going to bed, reading physical books, not your screen books or listening to them. That's fine too. Um, and really just separating your daytime self from your nighttime self. It's almost like after, a workout, you're going to take a shower. After the day, you have to sort of cleanse the mm. day from you as well. Mm. You wouldn't go to sleep all dirty and love Jimmy, <laughs> but you, Jimmy. but you, Jimmy, <laughs> but you would, but you would, but you often just get into bed right after. Maybe you've like wrote an email and then gone to sleep, and that's there's or no. Or you write an email in bed. Yeah. In bed, yeah. I mean, I, we've all done it. We've all done it. But to to train yourself to get better at it. And it's hard. It's really hard to put our phones down. It's really hard to shut off. But when you give that sort of like cleanse from the day, you're really setting yourself up for a really great night's sleep and getting all the stages of sleep you need. Because in a sleep cycle, as I mentioned, you go through different stages and you need your deep sleep. You need your restorative body, deep, deep sleep that's regenerative and really supportive of that. And you need your light sleep and you need your REM sleep, which is your dream sleep. You need all of it in, in balance and in concert with sort of your whole night um so so sleep everybody on the who's listening give yourself the chance to get at least eight hours uh if you can i know sleep can be really challenging today everyone's really stressed out um you know for for job security and just health and wellness and civil unrest and what have you but um do what you can to to separate all that sort of angst that we're all feeling as a society and separate um whether that be through reading or meditation or Mm -hmm. taking a shower i love to take a shower or a hot bath before bed and just kind of just let it go and not look at the news or twitter or what have right just kind of let it go and it's hard it's hard to do for an hour I promise but every time that I do do dedicate the hour my sleep is great I feel really good in the morning I have more Mm -hmm. dreams all the things so good yeah and I love that you said that because I think that what's really important and the first step to kind of that is establishing a nighttime routine just the same way we have a really strong morning routine to set ourselves up for success during the day you know the same can be said for the nighttime and I know that um, I've spoken about it a little on my podcast, but um, I struggle with um, nightmares and I don't, I wouldn't necessarily consider them night 
I don't know if they're night terrors or you know what necessarily they can be categorized in, but I do, I just have I have terrifying nightmares and I wake up you know two to three times a night I would say like probably five nights out of the week yeah um, and the only days that I really like truly get rest and and I'm super guilty of this and I need to and I want to get better at it and that's why we're having this conversation <laughs> now, is you know I, I I have to like force myself into bed. I have to, you know, take a hot shower, put my phone away, yeah. to, you know, turn the notifications off. I can't see the screen light up. I cannot hear it, you know, vibrate. I have to open up my book, you know, maybe get some of my essential oils and maybe yep. some tea and really kind of like, Dedicate. and I try to give myself at least an hour. And I notice that every time I do it, which, you know, is rare, but <laughs> I, I sleep so much better. Yeah, that is so huge. Um, and thank you for calling it that, which is the nighttime ritual. It's a really sacred time for you to sort mm-hmm. of unwind and deal with the things that you want to deal with. And even, um, you know, you mentioned nightmares, which is a big question I get all the time of like dealing with nightmares and the trauma associated with nightmares. If you think mm-hmm. about dreams in general, just to go down a little bit of a hole on the tra- on the nightmare thing, um, dreams are right. dreams are. Um, memories in many ways. Like you wake up with a somatic sort of body experience and an emotional experience of having lived through that, mm-hmm. that experience, whether right. it happened here or happened here, it feels the same. It's a memory to you. You now, now with all the other it's things, so that happened, you have this memory of, I was chased by a giant toothy bear who ate me, you know, or whatever. Um, And it's a, it's, it feels very real and somatic in your body and and emotional in your mind. I don't know about you, but I woke up crying several times because of something in a dream. Like these are real physical reactions that you experience and you experience these as reality to you in those spaces. So, So yeah, when you're having frequent nightmares you're waking up with this emotional and it's in your body and it's in your shoulders and you feel it and you're like oh I need a day off from my night you know um so I think so I to bring that back to to the ritual you know I do think it's important especially for those who do suffer from nightmares um and I want to talk about nightmares a little bit more but um just for the sake of where we're at now um, a ritual can really help with that. So separating from the day and, and nightmares are, you know, anxieties and self, um, fears manifesting in, in their ways, you know, in your mind, but, um, you can do things in your ritual. So like you said, you essential oils, candles are really great to sort of like free up your senses and feel this like positive juju or energy or whatever. Um, and set yourself up for like, okay, I'm going to have a, I'm going to, I'm going to dream tonight. I already know that, you know, and maybe because uh, for you and others that do suffer from nightmares, um, you might know, or might think that you'll have a nightmare tonight and you might be afraid to go to sleep as that. So you should lean into that in your ritual, right? So like, yeah. So you're like, Oh, I'm nervous about going to sleep. It's not special. It's not a gift. I hate going to sleep. I get a lot of yeah. people who talk about how much they hate going to sleep. And it's like, Oh, mm-hmm. what a sad thing. Cause I want to give you the best sleep of your life and the best dreams of your life. So, so what you can do in that ritual space in between waking and sleeping is really set the intention to have, you can say things like, I'm going to have the best dreams tonight. I'm going to have the most amazing dreams tonight. And you can really just set sort of every day an intention that you will have great dreams and kind of let the sort of, Oh, I'm afraid 
come in like a meditative practice and go and say like, oh yeah, I'm afraid. Yeah. I know. What am I afraid of? Okay. What does that look like? All right. I, I can give that loving energy and like know that I'm safe and what have you. Right. So you can think about, you can like intend to have safer, happier dreams uh, within that nighttime ritual space to set yourself up mm-hmm. for a more um, uh, happier sleep. But I, you know, I know more, I know this a lot. Like when you, when you are facing nightmares that are traumatic and fearful, it's really easy for me to get here and say, like, think about, think happy thoughts, <laughs> uh, you know, like no one wants to hear yeah. that. Think happy thoughts when you're in the, you know, in the middle of a murder spree or watching one in a dream. Right. You know? I get it. But I think, um, back to the, just specifically on the nightmare topic, um, there are ways that you can, deal with sort of incessant nightmares. Um, There's a school of thought that all dreams are a gift, a lesson, something for you to take out, take away, including the scariest, harshest, Mm -hmm. worst ones imaginable. So I think when you reframe your relationship to nightmare dreams or scary dreams or anxiety dreams, or night terrors, whatever it looks like for you, um, if you go into the night thinking like there's something to be learned here, you can look at nightmares from a curiosity standpoint as opposed to a fear standpoint. Like what is happening here? What does this reflect in my daily life? What might, you know, a murder scene that I'm watching represent that I'm carrying with me into the unconscious that I might need to resolve? And because dreams speak in metaphors and non-equators and who the heck knows, um, it's hard to understand. But what you can do is come into it with a better relationship. Like, this is this is something good for me, even if it's a nightmare. This is something good. What can I learn from it the next day? And what can I take with me next time I dream can this, can I, can I recognize dream signs? Can I recognize like mass murder as uh, a dream sign that helps me get lucid? And then if I am lucid, I can go and say, I can literally like look around and be like, okay, this is a violent, horrible scene. Uh, I have gun violence dreams all the time, given, you know, the U S and where we're at with that. Um, When I, when I have those, like, I'm like, okay, well, that's sort of a representation of an anxiety that I feel in my day to day Mm -hmm. life. I'm, you know, I'm ready or whatever. I'm, I'm processing those emotions, you know, in that dream. But if I become lucid, I might literally look around and say, and ask the dream out loud, which you can do in a lucid dream. Just like ask yourself, ask the unconscious, ask the dream, you know, why is this important to me? And sometimes it will respond. It'll, like you'll hear a booming voice or someone will come over, or you can do something like in a lucid space. Um, you know, uh, this represents, some part of me and I love it and I integrate this and you can get send loving thoughts. And a lot of times the nightmare figure scene will transform into something beautiful and you don't even know it, but you've integrated whatever that emotion in your life was into yourself. And, and, and you often find that that nightmare won't happen anymore. It'll just kind of be gone. Yeah. And I find that so interesting that you said that because so a lot of the times when I have these nightmares, um, I often wake up like in the middle of the night and I immediately kind of like start thinking happy thoughts and push it out of my mind. Otherwise I won't be able to get back to sleep. And, or when I wake up in the morning, I stop thinking about it because I'm like, I need to have a good day. I need to, you know, I had a nightmare, I'm brushing it off. And I really, and a lot of the time, unless it's like, particularly like you know you know messed up like it has to do with like my family or something yeah sometimes it's hard for me to shake but a lot of the times I'm I'm, you know and I guess what my question is is that I guess I should be reflecting on them a little bit more in order to get more out of it and hopefully kind of because I might 
just not be healing from, you know, what needs yes. to be healed. And, yes. and, you know, you said like, what, what is this representing in my day-to-day life? And I think, you know, what, and also I like what you said about having, you know, something transform once mm-hmm. you ask it, because there's also been situations where I'm like in a dream and I can't really, I'm trying to explain it to someone. And I'm like, you know, it might not sound scary to you, but for me, I, I for some reason, the situation I was in was terrifying. There was no bad guy. There was no anything. It was just this overall feeling of dread. And I feel like maybe if I, you know, was able to lucid dream and kind of ask myself what this was, I'd be able to kind of like, you know, flip the switch and start thinking of things in like, you know, a different light rather than, you know, healing from those things rather than looking at it so dreadfully. Switching your perspective on it. Sometimes it sounds like it it's something so simple, but is so yet so profound and so powerful. Just reframing yeah. it in your mind. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it, Olivia and Jess. Um, exactly, like you know, in so many people want to run away from their nightmares, and that's our instinct: run away from fear, run away from things Danger, that are right. scary. But in the in the safe zone that is a nightmare, you have every opportunity. It doesn't feel safe, but it is. Um, mm-hmm to address and heal from whatever is presented to you. Um, It's a really, like, if you think about it as being, like, a really cool and exciting thing to be able to, like, I don't know what this trauma um, or this theme, let's call it, you know, a dinosaur, this scary dinosaur, uh, you know, just to be simple about it, it represents something that I'm afraid of. And maybe I don't know exactly what that is. Um, but if I, and I, and there, there, a lot of, a lot of dreamers talk about hugging nightmare figures. So if you are able to get lucid and I do this often and it's still scary to me, but like if you're able to get lucid and go up to it, um, go up to this, um, uh, mythical dinosaur who's angry and yelling at you. Uh, if you approach it with curiosity and love and light and happiness, you're going to say anything. You're just like, Oh, this is, this is me. This is somehow something in me represented via a scary dinosaur and you can, you can hug it. You can literally hug this thing. And you're hugging yourself. You're hugging that fear. You're accepting whatever that represents. And you're healing that trauma, whatever it is. You might never learn what the dinosaur represents. Like there are so many creatures and monsters and things that I've hugged that are nasty. But I feel amazing when I wake up the next day. I integrated something. I don't know what it was. It doesn't necessarily matter even that I carry that with me forward. Right. Um, you can literally, you can ask you can, you can think happy thoughts, you can think love and loving energy, or you can literally just like, boom, hug. And that's really hard to do when you have a snarling creature at you. Um, and you, it takes a lot of practice. Like it still makes me nervous to this day when I get lucid and I'm facing a nightmare figure. Recently, I had one with a bear um, who I approached and hugged it. And it was like, oh my God, I don't want to do this. Like you just don't want to. And it just turned into a little goat and then just ran away. And I'm like, Okay. My next my question, my question is, and this is probably not a simple answer at all, but how? Because dreams are so I feel like they're almost they're so scary because they're so what we think is that they're so out of, out our, of control. our control. Yeah. So, so that, in, yeah. in like layman's terms, how do you hug the bear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you can't hug the bear if you're not lucid. So you have to like do lucid techniques in order to like get better at becoming lucid and dream. So um, this is this is pretty advanced work, shadow work as it's called. So we're like work on the shadow part of yourself within the dreaming communities. Um, 
but you have to be able to be lucid. So, so if you take non-lucid dreams, um, and to, to, to Jess's point, um, reflect on them, learn from them, um, write down like the recurring nightmare experiences you have. Maybe you always have a bear in your dream and you can, you can really train yourself every day during the day at any time, um, that you think about a bear or whatever it is, or have a fearful I'm like, moment. I wish it was as tame as a bear. <laughs> Yeah, like that shit is dark. I can't, I can't even say it. No, I I know, I know exactly what you mean because the the specter, I'm using the bear, I'm using a figure, Mm, the bear as like, you know, a catch all for everything, but like things can be very violent. Like I can't hug the devil. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It can be terrible. And they can be nothing. Like you said, this like, just like experience of existential dread, you know, there's nothing there. So I Mm -hmm. I hear you. The the shape of nightmares are very different, but, um, You can start to sort of practice, like, there are things called dream signs, effectively. And dream signs can be something literal or physical, like the bear. You know, anytime I see a bear, it's just hard to do because you don't see bears in real life. But um, any, just train yourself. Like, anytime you see a bear, you'll, you'll ask yourself, is this a dream? Am I dreaming? No, okay, I'm not dreaming. Great. Um, or you can do a reality, reality checks are basically little things you can do to, to test whether you're in a dream or not in a dream um, because things behave really strange. One really good example for your audience quickly is like rereading text. If you look at text in a dream, it won't, it's very unstable. It moves around. Mm-hmm. So it's a really quick way. If there's, if there's any words oh. in the screen, look, look at it and look back. And if it changes, you know you're in a dream. That's one of many reality checks you could do. That's very, very good and um, uh, uh, oftentimes works. Um, but anyway, so you can, so you can say, oh, you know, am I dreaming and ask yourself this during the day, like all day, like that's part of the daytime practice of lucid dreaming. Like just when you think about it right now, we could do it. Oh, wait, look around. Wait, is this a dream? Not, you know, look for text. No, not a dream. Great. If you have to like, believe it, you have to like literally sort of like, could this be a dream or not? Because in the dream state, you don't think it's a dream. So something will happen in a dream state where you'll be like, oh, wait. Oh, wait, maybe this is a dream. And then you do it. Oh my God. You used to just ask yourself. Yes. That is so interesting. All day long. This is a very simple, easy, lucid dreaming practice that you could do just during the day. Anytime that something strange happens or something particularly beautiful or something just like wild. The next time something batshit crazy happens, Jessica, like, I'd be like, is this a dream? No, it's reality. <laughs> no, that I mean, there's so much go- bad shit, crazy stuff going on right now. So look, yeah, oh, wait, I, I, this, hold on. Is this well, is 2020 a dream, guys? Yeah, you're on to something here. Yeah, see, you have so many times to check. So, so basically, just do it all day, and then naturally, you'll just start doing it in your dreams too, because you carry you carry your life into your that habit. Yeah. yeah. So the more that you do that during the day, and just like get used to like anything. Um, I like to use the sort of like, is it off? So is it, um, or sort of out of, actually, that's what I like to use. So out of place, out of character, out of the ordinary, um, uh, extraordinary, things like that. Just like whatever's kind of out of what it normally supposed to all do. Like, oh, wait, is this a dream? Um, And it just becomes such a like habit in your life. Like it doesn't feel like it's, it's additive. It doesn't feel like it's work to do this. And that's like one of the very key things you can do to start like having lucid dreams pretty quickly. Um, If you just keep doing this, you'll eventually just naturally start doing it at night. So the key, of course, to facing nightmares is, is yes, if they're non-lucid, reflect on them, write them down, look at the themes, see how they might reflect anxieties in your life and um, what you can learn from them. Look at them with curiosity and not so much fear. They're not, they didn't really happen. They're not predictive. Um, uh, I've had lots of dreams where people have passed and they, 
didn't pass like dates and things like, you know, don't worry too much about sort of like the meaning necessarily, but just your relationship to it, the emotional connotation, like if it was really bad, like what does that, what, where can you find parallels into your life? Now when you're lucid, you're, oh, okay. I, something is, there's a bear here. That's crazy. Oh, is this a dream? Reread text or do whatever. Oh my God, it is a dream. Oh my God, amazing. Then you're standing there and you have now what I don't call it control, but I call it influence because, you know, there is, I forget who said this. Um, I think it was Robert Wagner, who's a dream author, who, who said that you can't control as a sailor, you can't control the ocean. You can control the, the boat, but the ocean is still mm. going to do what it wants. So similarly, mm. the dream as the ocean is still going to do what it wants, but you have influence to control sort of the mechanism in yourself. So the dream will, the dream will still do what it wants, but you have influence and awareness of it. You can change things. It's not like a perfect, amazing inception style canvas of which anything right. goes, <laughs> but there is a certain level of influence that you can actually get better at and get more skillful at over time. So let's say the bear triggers you. Let's, oh my gosh, this is a dream. Then you can literally just like, like this space, I can literally like, okay, I'm going to walk up to this bear and I'm going to hug it. Or I'm going to walk up to this bear with empathy and say like, why are you hurting? I've talked to it. Like what's, what, why are you mad? What's mm-hmm. upset? And I'll, sometimes I'll say something. Sometimes I won't. Sometimes they mumble. Sometimes my dream figures that are, I have this dark, scary guy with a black hat, similar to Westworld, if, if, you're, if you guys are familiar. Um, just like evil dude who like grabbed me and pulled me and it was very nightmarish. And I'm like, oh my God, it was so over the top emotionally that I was like, this can't be real. This has to be a dream. And then I faced him and I was like, yo, whoa, why, why are you so mad? And he literally was like, didn't know how to answer it. And then melted, like literally melted Wicked Witch of the West style. And you're like, okay, wow. guess I dealt, dealt that with that. So <laughs> cool. Which is just so interesting. You're like just out here slaying dragons in my dreams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That so, is crazy. so cool. Lean into the healing aspect. Don't run away. Most people that do become lucid who aren't familiar with these healing practices will like, I want to wake up. I want to wake up. But if you can face it, it's scary, but it's safe. Especially when you realize you're lucid, like it's a safe space. Like nothing will happen to you. I've died plenty of times in dreams. Like it doesn't, you don't actually die. You're, actually, it's kind of like, right. oh, whoa, you wake up and you're like, that was kind of interesting. You have another life. Have a with your Sorry? I said it's like a video game. You have another life. Yes. You have it. And it's, if you can, if you, the biggest thing that I could say is that if you can, if you can recognize that the dream space is a safe space for the most part, um, I, this, I would say with an asterisk, like if you're having mental health issues, you should work with a therapist to deal with those. Like it's not necessarily a safe space yes, for those. Thank people. you. Yeah. So I just want to like call that out. Like it's not, <laughs> you know, if you're not well adjusted or having a really hard time, like don't just dive into the sort of depths of your psyche at the moment um, and focus on just like general health and well-being for you. And I hope that if anyone is listening to that, they do they do work with a therapist and, and have some sort of uh, uh, guided healing. But this is a great aspect to that, uh, uh, to help folks who are dealing with trauma and stress yeah. and anxiety in a way that is, is really safe. And it, it feels in nightmare situations just too like it doesn't feel like it's going to be safe but it is and the more you're learning and leaning into healing and learning the lessons you'll eventually integrate whatever that is and then you won't have that nightmare anymore and it's profound and you're like oh yeah. all of the sudden over time you won't realize it's not it's not like a this kind of thing it's like a meditation practice you know mm-hmm. i i have been meditating for since i started this process and it's only that i look back you know two and a half years ago that i was like oh 
holy crap, like I have really made strides in sort of how I relate to things and how I, you know, how I honor and mm-hmm. uh, things and how I wouldn't have noticed that two months in, but I do notice it two and a half years in. you're like, oh, there is such a wow. profound difference. And so, so, right. so the same thing, it's a long journey. It's, it's not, uh, it's not sort of like a fad, which a lot of people sort mm-hmm. of like, oh, I'm going to lose a dream today, tonight. Ah! And it's like, it's no, practice. It's a practice. you have every day of your life to practice this. So, so get ready. Okay. Yeah, get ready. Oh my gosh. I love that you compared it to, to meditation. I think that that's probably such a yeah. good comparison to make. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of, you're going, you're going into that, like into that space in yourself in mm-hmm. a way. Yeah, a lot of people that do do dream practices are medita- are mindfulness meditators. And you yeah. don't have to be, you know, like this five-hour-a-day transcendental meditation kind of person. You can you can do what, you know, I call the modern version of meditation, which is like headspace. And maybe you're doing it for 10, 10 minutes. Like that's there's, that's value in that. And you shouldn't yeah. sort of do it because you're sort of not spending hours of silent meditation. Um, it does work in small chunks, especially for the sort of modernist, um, you know, young person who is has so many responsibilities um today and and even older folks as well it's 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 uh we we live in a we live in none of us can go sort of be a zen buddhist at a you know in a temple but um and practice these these because the the tibetan uh tibetan dream yogis if you will they do a lot they're they're sort of buddhists and they they spend a lot of time Mm -hmm. meditating both day state and the dream state and amazing and they'll sort of our masters and we'll go places we'll never be able to go in our minds but oh we can do this too and I think it's really important that we do try as a as a people because we'll all be better for it yeah so cool and I feel like um just like kind of to go back a little bit about what you said just expressing the importance of like how much sleep we do get because I feel like I grew up like through high school getting four hours of sleep every night and it was so normal for me and I would like sleep during lunch and sleep and it would just be totally normal and I think like especially during those years they're so they're so formative in our brain chemistry and the way our brains are growing and like I just I feel so bad for high schoolers these days who don't aren't able to value and aren't able to get the amount of sleep that they really need because of these AP classes and because of the pressure to do good on their tests. And it's like, those are such Mm -hmm. crucial years for brain development. And I know when I was in high school, I did not get nearly as much sleep as I should. That was probably why I stuck at math now. (laughs) But but it just, I I really want to like, if we could express anything to our audience right now, it's like sleep is important just as much as exercising is just as much as drinking your water is like value it. I love this whole hour before bed thing. I've actually been sleeping with my phone outside of my bedroom since the last like month or two. And I've noticed such a difference. All right. So just out of, you know, pure curiosity, not selfishly at all. I have a question. (laughs) Okay. Um, Because you had mentioned, like, we kind of have, like, mini wake-ups throughout the night, like, whether or not, like, you know, you really wake up or you kind of just transition to the next, you know, phase of your sleep cycle. Um, Have you – what is your knowledge or what do you know of – people like sleep talking or sleep walking or doing things oh in their sleep because <laughs> I, I don't know if and it's, it's really weird because I don't obviously I don't know if I do it by myself like when I'm sleeping alone because yeah I record you myself definitely, I definitely <laughs> do I don't want to know what I do but every time I'm with my boyfriend he'll be and next morning he'll be like 
you woke up and said some weird shit last night. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we've, had, we've had sleepovers before where she just yeah. wakes up saying some gibberish and I'm yeah. like, what? And then yeah. she's like, yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so That's I'm just curious about like what you know about that, like yeah. why certain people do and some people don't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a great question. I don't have a lot of experience, um, with the sleep talk, sleep walking kind of thing. I know that it's sort of a, sort of a phenomenon that happens within the dream space or almost kind of like, you know, our bodies become parallels when we're paralyzed, when we're dreaming so that we don't act out the dreams, but some, it look, it, uh, it, it, yeah. So basically like there are some people who suffer from, um, I forget the name of the condition, but it basically, um, you don't become paralyzed and they have gotten up and like acted out and thrashed. And it's a really scary, scary experience. Um, I have whatever that, that is. <laughs> I promise. Cause I do, I, I act out a lot of things and there's, and, She'll and turn I, on lights and I then turn like on go lights. back in bed. I don't, yeah, I think, well, I think I just to be careful because there is that it's like it's a people like have done some pretty like gone driving and done some pretty extreme things. Oh, so you probably no, don't no, have no, a specific no. condition that we're talking about, but there's I, there seems to be flavors of it, which which you're which um, people do. I used to sleepwalk as a child um, up until, you know, I would say my late teens um, where I would walk around and I would talk to my parents in complete mm-hmm. gibberish language. I'd go into their bedroom <laughs> and just like have a full on conversation. And my yep. mom tells me that she would just be like, okay, yeah, like let me talk. And then oh just be like, is it time for to bed? And I'd be like, yes. And then go back. <laughs> I have friends who also sleep talk and it's, you know, it's part of this REM state and part of this like strange experience of, you know, different ways that the brain turns off and doesn't turn off in, in these spaces. Um, I don't want to talk too much on it because I don't know the science behind it and I don't want to say, and I don't want to butcher anything that's incorrect, but um, mm-hmm. it is a phenomenon that a lot, a lot of people experience and it's primarily safe for the most part, like sleepwalking, sleep talking. I did it. I will say the one time that I did um, sleepwalk was on a cruise ship when I was 13 or something. And that's oh my not, goodness. A place, it's not a place you want to be uh, okay. sleepwalking. <laughs> my, parents, yeah. my parents were like, what? And I woke up like holding on to this like wall. And I was like, what am I doing here? Like, oh my goodness. I was just like holding a wall. And I was like, oh, oh. but it was still like oh gosh you know anyway um yeah so don't know i don't have a lot to say on that unfortunately but um even that was insightful i mean (laughs) i'm sure it's reassuring just to know that you're not alone yeah Yeah, i mean because like there was like there was a little bit of time there where i thought that i was like possessed possessed. yeah (laughs) because i because like what am i doing getting like i'll like just get up Turn on the light, look around, She'll turn be on it back her phone. off. Turn- she yeah. will be doing things on her phone. Yeah. And I this yeah. yeah, this one time we were actually in Mexico and she couldn't go back to sleep because she was so scared that she was possessed. <laughs> that was okay. Okay. People had told us that we were staying in a haunted house. We there was some weird other shit that was going on. I don't know. I've had some kind of like I wouldn't say like demonic like sure. experiences, but but yeah, and it's probably all in my head because I do have these nightmares and I wake up and I'm like, what's wrong with me that I'm having these horrible demonic dreams? And like, so I think that I just got to, just got to heal. Just got to go in there. I got to face gotta it. Go I got to gotta, gotta go hug some people in my mind. Hug some shit. Yeah. Well, you know, you bring up something interesting too, which is this, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with sleep paralysis, but um, Mm -hmm. effectively, you know, maybe you've experienced this before and it can be really traumatic for people. But uh, I mentioned before, like your body goes into is paralyzed in the REM state so that you are not acting out your dreams. You're not like living these things. Um, But some people sort of carry awareness 
into like they go into REM pretty quickly and they are still aware of the, their surroundings and their body, even though they sh- technically shouldn't be. The awareness should have already sort of, you know, let go and right. be at the moment. But people feel that and they can't move. They like, can't move their body because they're already their their brain their body's ahead of their brain and they're already gotcha. so so experiences of sleep paralysis are this is a strange transition of feeling um both dreamlike and real. And people have these experiences and their eyes are closed and they're for all intents and purposes of sleep, but are there are quote aware. So there's like a lucid component to this, um, but it's in between. So they're overlaying experiences that often have presences or figures or spirits or darkness or like scary entities, but it feels like it's in your real bedroom, but you're still in a dream state. It's this weird hybrid transition of you're not quite asleep. You're not quite awake. Your body's ahead of your brain. It's so wild. Laying these images to what you think is, you know, your bedroom. It isn't. You're still dreaming, but it's like a Ugh. weird transitional phase. That That's so true. And I love that you even like kind of like mentioned, like you can be in your bedroom and you think that like you're in your bedroom, but you're kind you're in your dream bedroom because like I, yeah. a, a lot of the time, and I, I love that you said this because it's, it brings up another thing that I've been experiencing lately is that I'll, <laughs> and I scared the shit out of my boyfriend the other day because I, I woke up and I sat up and I was kind of like, I had, I was aware in my dream of my room and there was something on the ground yeah yep. there was someone like under my yep. kind of under my yeah. bed and I woke up and I was like he was like what and I was like there's someone in there I was like there's someone in here and he was like what and he immediately got up and was checking and I had it was a bag it was yeah it was a bag that I had set there and I also another thing that I kind of do to help myself during my sleep is that like I won't put something in like a foreign place to me like, yeah. because like, if I have a bag like near the door and I know I normally don't have anything near my door, I will kind of, it'll freak me out if I, if yeah. I, if it's unfamiliar to me, like in my sleep. So it's yeah. like, I've been, sometimes I've been waking up and like things that I thought in my dream were like a scary person turns out to be like a jacket in my closet. Yeah. 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 You know? yeah. So it, it yeah. really is this interesting, like I'm half asleep, but also aware, but also like what's real so what's not wild yeah. um yeah i was that just gonna add wild. yeah i think I, that's a really great great point i mean there are like i th- for some reason there's a there's a my my bedroom has these three windows right and for some reason one of the panes in between the windows like it's just wall looks darker than the other two and every time I, this happens every time i wake up i'm like oh, there's a figure <sighs> Yeah, and it's not, that's not even a dream. It's just like I, I, I almost like I know that I'm gonna see it because it's mm-hmm. just like darker than the other two, and I'm just like I know what that is. Stop it, like chill. Yeah, go to the yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you you're already in this confused transitional space where your brain has been busy doing something in your body, and you've been all kinds of all over if you've been dreaming, and so you're bringing that sort of like whatever emotional quality. If you just have the best room in your life, I guarantee you that you're probably not gonna see like a spider as the sort of like bag. You're just gonna be like, oh, uh-huh. right, right, right. You're already sort of in a space of like, oh, where am I? So when you see these like hallucinations, it it just feels traumatic. And that's, that is universal. Like that's not something that you should feel like you're alone in that because you're not. And then there's the sort of like sleep, um, but in between sleep and dream, which is called, um, 
a lot of people associate the the sleep paralysis with this stage, but um, it's called hypnagogia, which just means like transitioning from waking to sleeping. Mm. Um, and a lot of things happen in your mind there. Mm. It's actually a really, 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 really fast. If you if you when you fall asleep, you've probably experienced this where you're all of a sudden you realize you've been thinking about a turtle dressed in a tie, and you're like, what? Where did that come from? And it's happening really fast. It's like I yes. you know I need to get groceries. Turtle in a tie. You're now you're on this whole like narrative in your head where you're kind of aware of it, but not. And it doesn't make any right. sense. I feel so seen right now it's incredible (laughs) like this just like that like that like like, everything we're talking about like I have like oh that happened to me the other day like it's so crazy so cool that's your first stage of sleep it's like light light sleeping but your brain is one of the most active in that space because you're just like I don't even know how much information you're processing. There's been studies about like how fast the brainwaves are happening in here and just how much um, overlaid ideas. Cause you could be thinking about turtle on a tie at the same time as like plants growing out of your roof yes. at the same time as trying to solve a problem at work, all like overlay. You get those three thoughts at the same exact time happening in real time in your brain. It's almost incredible because imagine yeah. if we could do Ooh. that while we're awake. I yeah. mean, we yeah. would be unstoppable. Yeah. Unstoppable. Yeah. So hypnagogia is really cool. It's like a, it's, it's that's even more with ADHD. <laughs> Yeah. So this stage is even more interesting, I think, from like um, a creativity's perspective. I love dreams and creativity. Like I could write a million novels from, you know, all the dreams I have. But there's this thing of problem solving that happens in this transient space because you're doing so much with your turtle in the tie and your plants growing out of your ceiling and problem solving at work. Like you can um, use this transitional period to generate ideas. In fact, um, Nikola Tesla did this and so did uh, Thomas Edison and Dali. What they did um, was keep, they held something heavy in their hand, uh, whether I think Dali or maybe it was Edison used keys. So they held like really heavy brass keys. And as they fell asleep, they dropped it and they woke up in the middle of this like crazy frenetic time period. And whatever they were thinking about, they wrote down. It was like, oh, Dolly's paintings came a lot from dreams. Oh. Um, so he, so they used this weird transitional period to generate creativity and ideas and thinking. And um, maybe the turtle in the tie and the plants come out. Is it the next like, you know, Frankenstein or some, some crazy sort of dream story that comes out of it? Um, so a lot of uh, inventive thinkers use this time. I like to call it creative napping because it's basically any time that you try to fall asleep whether it's during the day or at night or in the middle of the night you can use this hypnagogic state to be creative outside of just lucid dreams and dreaming so this the 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 sort of territory is really vast to sort of use and work with dreams in different ways that is fascinating that's so interesting everyone that that is so cool Um, okay. So I have, I feel like I want to give our audience some sort of like kind of actionable, not actionable, but just some takeaways. Like if someone wants to be more aware of their dreams, yeah. What, what are the first few steps other than, um, you know, having a good night routine other than that? Okay. So I'll, we'll put, we'll put a pin in, get great sleep, but get great sleep. First of all, focus there first. Um, so lucid dreaming, being aware that you're in a dream is is a skill and it's like any other skill that takes time to learn. So you're not going to sort of like tonight go play, uh, you know, a, a famous concerto or whatever. Right. Um, but, uh, but if you practice over time, you will. And so you have to think about lucid dreaming in the same way in that there are things you can do during the day and the nighttime to get better at it and to give yourself um, the time because it is a journey. I mentioned this earlier, but um, for everyone listening – 
this is a lifelong thing. You could do this every mm-hmm. day of your life and get better and better. Imagine 10 years from now, um, you'd be incredible at lucid dreaming if you tried to do it every day. And I do want to say right. one thing that it t- can feel like um, it's a disruption to your life, but I, I, I have this like philosophy of the path of least disruption um, to live a life that just is integrated with these practices in it without feeling mm-hmm. like it's thinking like, oh, I have to get up. I have to, I have to do all this stuff. And you do. But it can be really sort of integrated into life. So to get started on a lucid dreaming practice, I always tell people first and foremost that they have to write down all of their dreams first. So you need to first focus on remembering them, which is difficult to do at early. When I started this practice two and a half years ago, I wasn't remembering very many um, a week. And now, you know, I'm, you know, three to five at night um, because I've been practicing for so long. So I went from zero mm-hmm. to as much as I am now. And I think it would be interesting to kind of, um, h- how do you go about writing the dream like writing what you felt was it like a colors you saw feelings you felt people yep um okay so uh yeah so first focus on writing down the dreams and how this how you do this is first of all everyone goes through this in their beginning journey of thinking that oh they'll they'll wake up in the middle of the night they'll remember parts of their dream you know I was the turtle in the tie or whatever um I'll I'll I'm feeling lazy right now I'll write it down in the morning um don't do this. You will not remember it in the morning. Ever. No shot. Promise you that even the most experienced people, me, if I go and I'm lazy, which, you know, you'll, you'll go through periods of being lazy. It's just life. Um, so don't give, you know, give yourself credit for that. That's okay. It's all good. Um, patience, happiness, all good light. This is a fun practice. This is great. Um, but yeah, so, so, so as soon as you wake up and you, you know, you, you've, you've gone through a slight sleep cycle and you want to get up and go to the bathroom or whatever, write something down. Um, I keep, uh, this isn't it, but I keep like a little notepad just about this size mm-hmm. next to my bed and I'll scribble down. I'll write down the time in the corner. I'll circle it if I didn't remember anything, just so I'm recording my awakenings, but, um, I'll write down the time. So I'll say, you know, it's four o'clock in the morning and then I'll just write keywords. This is called the, like the keyword approach to writing down your dream. Uh, so four okay. o'clock in the morning, I'll write down the time. And if this were the dream I were having, I would have written Jess, Olivia, podcast, and that's really it. And then I write a line, you know, two, and then I'll do it again the next time I wake up, so on and so forth throughout the night. Um, okay, so really simple, basic. Really simple, basic. And then okay. when you wake up for the day, you go back to your notepad and, you know, you maybe you had a lot, so you rip them out. Like, don't worry about being precious about the night. Like, this isn't your dream journal. This is just a, a tool. Okay. Um, so write it down, write it down. Um, and then I p- take out my little pieces of paper. So you have some, oh yeah, some right here. Um, <clears throat> so you take, so this is what mine looks like, you know, just have a, just have my keywords. And if it's long, I'll have more. This is the time up here in the corner. Um, and if I have more, I'll write a little bit longer. Um, but in the morning I take out my little pieces of paper, depending on how many I've had. And then I'll just read them, breathe my keywords and be like, oh yeah, I do remember this. I do. Sometimes I can't read my handwriting because it's the middle of the night. You're writing. <laughs> what was that? What was I trying to say? What was that? Oh, okay, okay. And then the whole thing just comes back. If it wasn't there before, it'll come back. Right. You have to put it together, and you'll say, "Okay, oh yeah, that. Oh yeah, that's what that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay." And then you go through all of your and just make sure you can commit the whole like picture of the dream to memory. And then literally, I'll I'll log them into. I have a spreadsheet because I'm very data driven, so I log. I record the entire dream narrative in the spreadsheet with all kinds of other data, um, which you don't need to do. You can just write it down. (laughs) (laughs) I don't necessarily recommend that for everybody. That's just how I roll. Um, But then you just take your, take your little note, you take your little, um, 
And when you have time, like don't try, don't figure out, you don't have to like do all this before you wake up. Like I will, I have a, I'm a couple days behind, but I, I will have remembered all of the dreams that I had in the last couple days, mm-hmm. log them into my journal, whether you write it or whether you do a digital version. I cannot be bothered to write freehand anymore. I mean, please. But some people love that and they have their hardcover yeah. journal. So, so, so right. start just by doing that and you'll, you'll be surprised at how many dreams you start to remember more and more. And I think when you're having consistently like three probably a dreams per night, then you start to do more and more techniques to sort of gain lucidity more consistently. You'll have spontaneous dreams all the time. Like that happens for people naturally, just spontaneously. But the, the difference is to sort of cultivate it and practice it so that it's consistent. Right. Oh, have it. It's like it's like a muscle, like anything else. When you, exactly. you know, the first time you use it, it's hard. It's uncomfortable. It feels exactly. weird. And then the more you use it, the easier it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like the, the comparison to meditation was just too good because yeah. like you said, it's, you know, one, it's you. You gain, you get better via, you know, practicing and and just being consistent and, you know, doing it every day and showing up and, you know, it won't always, it's not always going to be easy. And, you know, even I, you know, I try to meditate, you know, as much as I can, but, you know, there are days when my mind is like wandering like crazy and, you know, I'm not able to really get myself centered and, you know, it's about kind of like the ebb and flow and just allowing yourself to enjoy the process. I precisely. I think that's so huge because what I, I do notice about sort of the number one thing that people sort of give up on a lucid dream practice is literally they give up on it. They yeah. haven't had a lucid dream. They feel down about it. They feel like they have mm-hmm. to compare to someone else who maybe had a lucid dream in the first week. For me, I, you know, it took me when I started practicing, and I think it's important to say this, I started first and foremost on just recall, like remember my dreams, which is what we were just talking about with, you know, just writing them down. And even if you don't remember anything, like you can remember, um, an emotion you have, like just write the time and I feel weird or I'm kind of sad. I have no idea why. Um, focus there first. People tend to really just be like, I need to lucid dream tonight. I want to have this experience. And you're like, well, you have a lifetime to do that. Like you'll get there. Just focus one, you know, obviously the sort of a long standing proverb of you need to walk before, or you need to crawl before you can walk and you need to walk before you can run. It is so true. And I think because it's a mindfulness practice that's within us, it's really hard to sort of give yourself the kindness to, to take the time it takes. And some people ha- will have a lucid dream tonight and then they'll be consistent. Some people will take months. Some people will take years. And so it's really important to know that for exactly. me, it's um, everyone's own journey. It's everyone's own journey. And for me, just because people do like to compare it, I'll just say that for me, it took 90 days for me to have consistent lucid dreams. And once I did, once I got to that, oh. one, 90 days from when I started practicing to like, okay, it took me 90 days to get to a lucid dream. And when I got there, then I was having them more re- frequently and I was doing the practices, you're, you're, you know, kind of going on. So, um, so start so, the, the takeaway for the audience is to start with just recall and get yourself to a place where okay. you're feeling like you have, you're remembering three dreams per night. Um, so do that. So focus there. Okay. Cool. Wow. Awesome. So I'll also just because start because, tonight. <laughs> start tonight. And I will say just one more thing on that. So just another practical sort of lucid dreaming tip because people want that as well. And I feel like I should mm-hmm. get it. Um, what you can do um, once you one, let's let's say you're already at that point where you're remembering three and you're ready to you're ready to jump start into sort of a lucid dreaming practice. Um, 
never skimp on the basics. So continue focusing on writing your dreams all night. So like that will never go away. You will, you are now committed to writing mm-hmm. your dreams and you don't have to log everyone in full detail. I do because I find it helps me and I'm excited and I want to use them, but you can, you know, maybe you'll, maybe you'll write down just, a, just the keywords and that's it. And that's all you ever want to that dream. And maybe you'll want to do the full narrative with full details and emotions and like I do, but you can find a happy medium. The, the key thing is like, do whatever you're going to do that you will stick to. So if you're like agonizing for all the detail, you're never going to keep up with it. So don't do it that way. Find the right Make sort of mechanism. Easy. Yeah, that works for you to maintain. Ma- maintenance is key. Right. So if you're not going to meet, so try, test, whatever writing down method works for you. If you like to do things digitally, do things digitally. If you like to voice record, voice record. Um, mm. Do whatever you love to do. Make it a practice that you love or else it will die and that will be the end of it. Mm. That's great advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Key, 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 key. I love my spreadsheet and I love spreadsheets. So that really works for me. That would never work for like so many people. So you don't have to right. like, worry about that either. Um, final works for you. So on the lucid front, um, one of the, 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 the biggest thing that I could say is um, a, a technique called wake back to bed. If you've, if you've, know anything about lucid dreaming for your audience who's done a little bit of research um wake back to bed is also uh, abbreviated by wbtb and it just means that you're intercepting the most probable time that you will be having dreams so that's your rem sleep cycles uh that's your sleep cycles like later in the evening so you can think about or sorry later you know as 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 the morning comes so you can think of it either um six hours before you've, after you've gone to sleep or two hours before you're going to get up, however you want to think about that. And it basically just means that you wake up at that time period, you set an alarm, maybe it's five, let's just, for, for, let's just say five o'clock for um, uh, uh, demonstration purposes. So you set an alarm to wake up at five o'clock in the morning and you stay awake for five, 10 minutes, something really small. Um, maybe you meditate, maybe you look at a book with a little bit of the candle and you look at lucid dreaming books, just, you know, just get your mind um, ready for dreaming. Your sleep cycles at this stage are a lot longer. So they're like 30 to 60 minutes, depending earlier sleep stages are, you know, REM stages are like five, 10 minutes because you're really focused on your, um, deep restorative sleep. You don't want to mess with that. Let that be. Don't try to do lucid dreaming practice early in the night or at bedtime, just go to sleep. But at this five o'clock magic hour, this dream time, the special time where your REM stages are quite long, you're going to intercept that time by waking up, um, setting your alarm for 5 a.m., depending, and you're going to go back to sleep. You're going to go back to sleep with awareness. We talked about hypnagogia before where Mm -hmm. you're having all these thoughts. Sometimes you're having these weird blobby images or yellows or greens. They're like shapes. You're going to just be mindful of those. You're just going to watch them, and you're going to try to stay awake watching your thoughts and those blobs and those images and you're just going to watch them and you're going to try and in your mind you're going to do mantras you're going to think about um I, i'm about to dream or i'm um the next time i'm dreaming i'm dreaming i'll, I'll know that i'm dreaming you're gonna you're gonna be thinking about dreaming and you're gonna be doing a mantra and you're gonna be watching all these visions go by and you're gonna be having all these thoughts and you're gonna try to carry that awareness as long as you can right mm. and so you're more so so once you get really good at this, you can actually go directly from that awaking hypnagogic transitional state right into REM and right into a dream and you're lucid right away. You just start. Oh, you that's a hack. You yeah, just hack your sleep. You just kind of like, you just like ride it. You know, I, uh, there's a, a woman who 
Her name is Jennifer Dumper. She wrote a book called Liminal Dreaming, which is about this dream space. Um, she calls it surfing. You're basically surfing into a dream. And so you just, it's hard to do, especially when you're starting out. So this is this is what is what is known as a wake initiated lucid dream, which means that you are awake when you initiate your lucid dream directly. Huh. It's, um, okay. The acronym there is wild, which is really quite a crazy experience um, to go directly from like waking to this transitional to right into a dream. And it's really surprising and fun. It's that sounds so fun. It just sounds yeah. fun. Like yeah, so you can do that. So you can do that tonight. Like, yeah, it's just exploring the mind. So you can do that tonight. It's it's even if you don't manage to go, transition from awake to a dream, that's okay. That's advanced. Um, mm-hmm. But still doing that sort of interception and 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 riding it in to to going to sleep, you're still more likely to. Um, infiltrate your dream space you might have what is you no know, the other way to initiate a lucid dream is a dream initiated lucid dream it just means that something triggers you while you're already dreaming gotcha. um, so so what we were talking about before with dream science if there's a dinosaur and you're like oh that's a di- i'm in a dream that's called a dream mm-hmm. initiated dialed so there's dialed and wild there's only two and um either direct or within the dream space and so even if you're intercepting and don't go re- directly into a dream, which is still very hard to do, um, you can you can still, um, because you're thinking about it, you're thinking about dreaming, you're more likely to sort of ask that question, you know, in a dream that you've right. already, already answered. So if you repeat while you're in this like five o'clock wake up time, like I like to do, is this a, like repeat, is this a dream? Is this a dream? Is this a dream? Is this a dream until I fall asleep? Mm-hmm. And then- sometime potentially during that next sleep cycle or the next two, if I'm sleeping longer, uh, I'll have asked myself that question just because I was thinking about it right before I got it. Is right. this a dream? Oh, it is a dream. I was just thinking about something. This is, oh, it was, is this a dream? And then, and then there you go. So oh, that's wow. the wake back to bed method of like just getting up at 5am to intercept your dream time is uh, from a, from a research perspective, sort of the thing you can do the most that will increase your likelihood of a dream recall and b having more lucid dreams, just because you're aware already right. at that time, bringing that into the dream state. So, so that's, I would recommend for the, those who are already at their remembering of three, like if you're not remembering any, you're not, nothing's going to happen yeah. really <laughs> if you're intercepting your sleep cycle or that cool. way. Back then, um, but those are, those are the things. Focus on recall, wake back to bed, 5 a.m. or two hours before you wake up, and um, and plus time, and you're good. Cool. Wow. Oh, my God. I feel like I have – I'm, like, ready to go. <laughs> no, I, wanna, like, I literally want to start tonight. I'm, like, I'm like excited. Tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if any of our listeners try this out, this like whenever you guys are listening to it, please let us know your experiences. Yes, please, um, please, please. Yeah, we'll yeah. leave like a little like – um. I'll, we'll put like a question box up if you guys yeah. have tried it and maybe you guys can tell us your experiences because that'd be so yeah. cool. Super cool. And there's a lot of other advanced techniques that you don't need to like get into now, especially like th- that's the primary thing of, of get great sleep, remember your dreams and write them down and practice wake back to bed plus cool. time equals awesome. lucidity more consistently. And then you can start to like have goals. Like I want to fly right. to the moon. Or I want to have a healing experience. I want to embrace my shadow. I want to talk to my That's nightmares. Cool. Right, right. And you just like make it. Yeah, you can go so wherever cool. you want. Yeah. Wow. Um, Jess, is there anything else you want to touch on? Or do you want to get into the <laughs> deep dive? Yeah, yeah. We'll do, we'll do, our, we'll do our last three <laughs> questions. I think that I think that, that just about sums it up. I mean, I know cool. that there's so much territory that we could be exploding yeah, into. You are so knowledgeable. <laughs> it's it is so cool. Oh, 
Ah, thank you. All right. So, um, an expert failed. Um, so we have, you know, three questions that we ask every um, guest. We've switched them up this season. This will be the second episode of season cool. four. Um, so yeah, we're gonna go ahead and kick off these three questions. Um, I'm nervous. Should I be nervous? No, they're <laughs> actually yeah. really easy. I come from you listen <laughs> last season. Can, yeah, last we're... season it was called our deep dive. These are a little <laughs> less deep. Um, okay, but and more they fun. can be as short or as long as you want. Okay. Um, um, so yeah, I'll, I'll ask the first one. Um, the first one is, what is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? Wow. Yeah, these oh are going to be like Andre-related. But... No, okay, okay, okay. The best piece of advice I've ever gotten. I don't know if it's the best. I, I have one that for some reason that I have always remembered, which is a little, I'm, I'm kind of okay. riffing off so I don't know if it's quote the best, but it has something that I, I that someone told me many, many years ago. I don't even know, at least 15 years ago at this point um, that I, for some reason I've always, always, always remembered. And it has to do with um, writing and the way that you relate to the other people. And so this piece of advice, um, it, it was from a colleague, a boss at the time um, at my first job. And she was a lovely woman. Um, her name was Natasha. And she uh, she told me to always write in the positive. Um, and what that means is like avoid any sort of no, not, neg- no, nor, now. Like anything that just like was writing in such a way that you would um, tell stories that had like no's in them. Like it was just no, negative, not, nor, mm. not, can't, won't, whatever. And when you're writing, you're not thinking about this kind of thing. Um, but when I, when I started to put this into practice, my writing just went off the charts of being able to tell stories in really compelling ways and really bring sort of this like um, uh, way of, of relating to the world that just was sans like, not negativity because it wasn't about negativity. It was just like the no words and, but it changed mm. the shape of my writing and the way that I tell stories in such a profound way. And when you're doing this, it's actually really quite hard. And when you get really great at it, your, your writing sings the result. So, um, not quite, I don't know if it's the best sort of life advice, but it's definitely something that I have taken into sort of business and, and my yeah. own success way that I tell stories. And I think it's a really, 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 um, I don't know why it's like literally stuck with me for the last no, 15 years. Most I, most I do have this thing when I'm writing emails, when I'm corresponding, when I'm communicating, it's hard to do when talking. Um, because then you're trying to, uh, like, you're not trying to sort of like ha- bury the truth, but you're just trying to write better and, and relate to uh, people. And it feels, um, so really strong. Cool. It's really cool. I, it's a fun, it's all, I'm thinking about it. It's like such a, it's like a fun puzzle. I'm, I'm much better at it when I was then, but it was like a puzzle to be like, oh, if I say I can't make the meeting. avoid the word? How do I say I can't make the meeting? Like, I just want to say I can't make the meeting. And the difference right. is I have a, I have a prior obligation and it just sounds better and it feels better. It makes people feel better. And you're like, wow, hmm. I have a prior obligation. And I can't make the meeting it actually feels different to people. And yeah, uh, that's hacking. great advice. Yeah, it's it's language hacking, and I'm really a big fan of that. Um, yeah, love so, that. That's it. Love that so <laughs> no, that's great. That's such good advice because writing and communicating is so important, and I think people underestimate words and like the sequence of them and the order of them and how important that is to how someone perceives the message. Exactly. So words really do matter to people. They have a power that people tend to, you know, you you get all kinds of 
conflict as a result of like, I meant this, but not that. And so I really take up pride in, in my ability to sort of hack language and use words at their fullest power when I'm using them and use them in a restrained way and be really strong about that. And I'm still getting better, obviously, as a writer and someone who communicates constantly, especially in the sort of you know, communicating crazy things in the dream space. So um, as much as <laughs> language sort of warrior, a language warrior, you know, I encourage most people to do that because you will go further in life when you are being mindful of, of the power of words. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Love that. So the next question <laughs> oh is... My God, this is the sort of like... Uh, I, know. I am nervous. <laughs> No, they're they're really easy. I promise. I, I think that's easy. It, it came to you naturally. Okay. So the next question is: If you could have your dream job, what would it be? Oh, my, it's just so funny that you said that. My dream. I have two. Well, I have two dream jobs. One, almost obvious, is like just getting paid to dream, and that's what I do. I mean, I, you know, like oh yeah, you want some, you want some story. I'll dream that up for you and I'll go sell it to Hollywood. Great. That right. is like my real, okay, okay. you know what I mean? Like, Oh, just like, Oh, I'll go dream for you. And you know, but I a do professional have a, dreamer, a professional dreamer. I mean, people there, people do that, but they teach it. I don't want to, I just want to dream. And then people, you, you they come to me for the dreams that I have for them. Um, which is so silly. Um, <laughs> these are silly. These are silly dream jobs. Another, <laughs> this is a silly dream job as well. I am obsessed with, um, architecture and, and, and like beautiful home design. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you'll know that I post these immaculate bedrooms because I'm obsessed with architecture and space and design. My, you can see my apartment sort of starts to look at that kind of thing. Um, so I would, I, one of my dream jobs had always been sort of an, you know, an architect, but like one that focuses on water and pools and like pulling that together. And, um, I would love to just like stop everything and draw beautiful homes with this, these just gorgeous pools. That's such a weird response to this question, but that's cool. No, I no, I mean, it's specific, but it's, <laughs> it's good. Okay, number three. I thought someone was behind me. No one's behind you. Oh, I maybe someone like is. I, I <laughs> that, no, I thought my door open. That's why, yeah, I know. Is, that, is this real? Uh, Wait, no, I was dream? like, I wasn't sure. I thought I heard my door open. It was probably something that one of you guys did, though. Um, Liv, you can ask the third question because I don't have it written down. So go for it, brother. The third and final question is, what would your autobiography be called and why? I feel like this is going to be a good one. Yeah. Um, Why do you put the pressure on her now? I know. uh, My autobiography. So the book I write about myself would be I feel like if I whatever I say it's gonna sound super like egocentric <laughs> which no, is like it's an autobiography I mean it is about you it is which is like is. uh uh that's okay we're giving you we're giving you a pass oh no I was gonna say visions of the mind a, a, a okay. deep exploration and creativity but by Alison McCarthy or something like that. That's ridiculous. Ooh, I, love I love that. that. <laughs> something like that. That's great. I love something that. Something creativity and making and all of that. That's what I would, something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Incredible. Awesome. Allison, thank you so much thank for joining you. us. This has oh, been, God. wow. <laughs> thank you. It's been mind-blowing, eye-opening, healing, validating. This has been great. <laughs> thank you so much. Oh, it was my absolute pleasure. I wish you the best dreams and the best practices tonight and know that every dream that you have, nightmare or otherwise, is there's something to 
there's a lesson in healing and, and self-worth in there. So, you know, I wish you wow. both and all of your audiences the best sleeping life and dreaming life imaginable. Thank you Amazing. so much. If people want to follow your journey and learn more about dreams, yeah. where can they find you at? So you can find me on Instagram at the Sleeping Third, Twitter at Just Sleeping Third, no the character counts, and then uh, my website is thesleepingthird.com. I'm also uh, if you watch uh, Netflix or have Netflix, I uh, have a short cameo in The Mind mm-hmm. Explained, uh, which is produced which by is where Box I found Media. you. Yeah, yeah. So it's just a smart little cameo on there if you're interested to see more. But that's all uh, listed on my website, thesleepingthird.com. Amazing. Thank you so much, guys. We hope you love this episode. Have incredible dreams. Start tonight. We're going to start tonight. We're excited. Um, If you guys like this episode, please tag Allison, tag us. Let us know how much you loved it. You guys were so amazing last week with showing us the love, and we so appreciate it. So thank you guys. And And have a great, peaceful sleeping week. Peaceful peaceful sleeping week, everyone. Take care. (laughs) Bye, guys.